If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants podcast network. All right, welcome to another edition of the Giants huddle podcast. Kind of the Big Blue Kickoff Live edition. I am John Schmel, joined by Lance Meadow and Paul Dettino. Frankly, we ran out of time this week on Big Blue Kickoff Live, so we decided to do our final mock draft as a Giants huddle. So we thank you for joining us. And again, make sure you go check out our episodes of Big Blue Kickoff Live this week as we get ready for the draft and get the latest intel from guests like Dane Brugler and Charlie Campbell. All right, gentlemen, we did one of these already. We've switched up the the names with teams and assignments. So we are ready to go here. We have a little bit more intel as we're a little closer to the draft. This is, of course, predictive what we think teams will do, not necessarily what we want them to do. So We'll try to do our best to not look foolish when we see what actually happens in the draft and what could be one of the most unpredictable drafts in the last 10 years. With the first pick in the draft, it's Paul Dettino. And, Paul, you're assigned the Carolina Panthers, and this one should be pretty easy for you. Yeah, you know what, John? It was really easy until about 36 hours ago when I got some very strong intel that said the Panthers may not go with Bryce Young that actually they're getting some very strong advice to lean towards Stroud instead. I don't know if I believe that or if it was a smokescreen. So the predominant opinion and the Vegas odds are saying that it's going to be Bryce Young. I'll stick with Bryce Young, but don't be surprised. The birdies are saying that it might wind up being Stroud, but I'll go with Bryce Young here. See, I thought you were going to say you were on that Reddit forum where the friend of a friend of a friend of Will Levis said he was going number one. I, because I know you're a big Reddit fan, Paul. You're on that thing all day long, right? I don't even know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> I would I'm not surprised by that response no, either. Not, not at all. All right, Bryce Young, number one to the Panthers. Uh, Lance, you're number two for Houston. And, you know, it's it's rare that the second overall pick is kind of the pivot point in the draft. And we're going to have a couple of those, I think. But this is the first one where... I don't think anyone has any idea what the hell Houston's going to do. Well, because the Texans, they have a new head coach, and they could very well go in a variety of different directions. But I just find it hard to believe that a team that is in need of a quarterback, that has a lot of question marks at the most important position, we're talking about a position where your options are Davis Mills, Ace Keenum, and EJ Perry, who I covered in the Ivy League, and all players that certainly have still some upside, but are far from a definitive answer under center. And I think you're D'Amico Ryans. You want to come in to a new job, and I think you want to be able to develop simultaneously a young quarterback. So to Paul's point, if Carolina decides to take C.J. Stroud, I think the Texans would gladly take Bryce Young. But since he took Bryce Young, I think they're more than content going with C.J. Stroud. 
Stroud's been a two-year starter. I think there's much more to operate with Intel-wise than the rest of the quarterback pack. And I think, once again, it fits the bill as I was talking about, a young quarterback that has plenty of starting experience that you can continue to groom as you fill in the other pieces around him. All right, C.J. Stroud, number two to the Texans. And I'll just say this. If they don't go quarterback here, it would be malpractice for them not to trade out of this spot and try to get as much as they sure. can for it and and then get a, a similar position player a little bit later on in the first round, wherever they wind up. You know, Houston well, and then my pick at Arizona here, real quick, guys, and let you can go ahead. I think both these rosters need a lot of help. Like, these rosters are two of the more talent-efficient ones in the league. You need you need multiple picks here. You want to really – and I know Houston got a multiple picks in the Deshaun Watson trade. I get it. I think they could use more. So I just think that these two teams are going to be looking to get out and get as many picks as they can just to try to get their rosters better. Well, I'm completely agreement with you, John. The one thing I just wanted to add in terms of your malpractice comment is I don't think one particular defensive player changes the trajectory of the Texans. 100%. That's more of a reason why I think – the smart move is you take the quarterback or you swap out of it to gain more resources either this year or next year to help round out your roster. Exactly. 100% agree. And I think it's the same for Arizona. Uh, I think they're in the same exact spot. So I am on the phones here. Is any team out there want to move up to the Cardinals? I might even give you a bargain to move down. Maybe you don't have to give up the house. Just, you know, give me like an extra two and a, and a one maybe. Like, you don't have to give them multiple ones. No. Oh. Phone, phone's not ringing. All right. I don't understand how someone could take – look, if Jalen Carter didn't have the off-the-field stuff, he'd be the easy pick here. Um, He does. And like we always say here, we can look at the tape. We can know about the players. We don't have information on the off-the-field stuff, right? So I'm going to push Jalen Carter aside, and I think I get some people like Tyree Wilson more than Will Anderson because of the traits – but I don't know how you could watch Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson the last couple of years and think that Wilson's the better player or close to being the better player. So I think logic will win out in this situation. And I'm going to go Will Anderson to the Arizona Cardinals at, at number three. And it's the NFL. So logic probably does not win out because it's a crazy league. But I, I will go Will Anderson here to the Cardinals. Paul, you're up number four to the Colts. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's pretty obvious the Colts got to go for a quarterback here and you know, but which I, I one? Well, I don't know if it's my prejudice because it, it may be because I'm a big, strong pocket passer kind of guy, or if it's simply that I truly believe the Colts would prefer a pocket passer. Well, I think you guy. have two big, you have two big, strong pocket passers on the board, though. Yeah, well, I'm giving them Will Levis. I mean, C.J. Stroud's a big, strong pocket passer. Yeah, but well, Stroud's Stroud gone. Taken by the Texans. He's oh, gone. Stroud's gone. off the board. My bad. I I forgot you picked yep. Stroud. My fault. Yes, correct. Yeah. So Levis. Yeah. Would be so the so I'm 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 giving them Will Levis. I still don't see the Colts being a running quarterback team. I still think they're a they're a straight drop back team. So I'm going Levis to the Colts. Yes, and that's where all the intel is here as well. All right, Lance, number five, the Seattle Seahawks. And, you know, Todd McShay had a story the other day that he really thinks the Seahawks are going to come out of this first round with a quarterback. Whether it's here or 20, we'll see. Um, but let's see what you decide to do here at number five. This is the pick they acquired from the Broncos in the Russell Wilson trade. One thing I just wanted to add to Paul's comment about the Indianapolis Colts is, remember, their new head coach, Shane Steichen, 
didn't come from a Philadelphia team where Jalen Hurts was an integral part of the run game. So, you know, that could swing maybe them more towards Anthony Richardson than one of the other quarterbacks just wanted to throw that out there. I will say this. Will Levis can move now. Like, he's a good – he's not – He's got some athleticism. Will Levis is a good runner. Yeah, I just don't know if he's that big of a threat, though, as Anthony Richardson, though. No, you compare the running ability of both. He's certainly not a statue, to your point. And the Colts have dealt with their fair share of quarterbacks over the last few years. So something tells me they want uh, at least some versatility in that department. As far as the Seahawks are concerned, yes, there are whispers about a quarterback, but they do have another first-round pick. But I still see versatility on defense that's available at this point in the draft. And remember, Pete Carroll also is a defensive-minded coach who I think needs a boost in the pass-rushing department slash middle of the defense. Now, I think there's two attractive options here. You could go with Jalen Carter, John, who you brought up. And the reason why I don't think the Seahawks would shy away from him is because, once again, I think Carroll's the type of guy that gives guys second chances, maybe is willing to overlook some of the -the off-the-field issues. But then there's the length and character traits of Tyree Wilson, who I think would give a really nice boost to that Seattle front group. So I'm going to lean more towards Wilson than Carter, and I'll give the Seahawks the Texas Texas Tech edge rusher. Yeah, and I think this is the point of the draft where you keep saying, well, who's going to be willing to take the risk on Carter, right? And that's the question we're going to ask for all of these teams. And for the Lions, I don't know. They've kind of built the team with, you know, I think high-character guys that, you know, Campbell and and Aaron Glenn and those guys all kind of like and they fit in. So I would consider Jalen Carter here, but I'm going to pass because I do think the Lions really need a cornerback and they have their choice of cornerbacks on the market right now. And I do think it's a very strong top of the group. And I think Devon Witherspoon will just remind Aaron Glenn, quite frankly, of himself. They're similarly sized. They're both tough. They're both cover guys. Um, His tape is probably a little bit better than Christian Gonzalez, even though Gonzalez has better traits. So I'm going to go Devon Witherspoon to the Lions here at number six. Paul, you're up for the Raiders at number seven. Yeah, and and you know what, John? I was going to take whichever guy you left. I had no problems with that, so I'm going to write to Gonzalez. You took Witherspoon, I'm taking the G-Man. Yep, I think I think the Raiders, I feel really good about them picking a corner in this spot. Yeah. Which it's one it's going to be, and if any are going to be off the board, I think remains to be seen, but I that's one I feel good about. And Lance, you would eight with the Falcons. I got to be honest. This is one team I don't have a good feel for. I did my reporter mock draft on the Giants Huddle podcast. People should go check that out. We had Dior Orlando Ledbetter on. He's locked into the Falcons as much as anyone. And he was convinced they're picking either an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman. That was kind of what he thought they would do. They want to try to secure uh, the trenches on either side. Other people think cornerback. Other people think Bajan Robinson here at number eight. So there's a lot of options. Where are you going? Well, it's interesting you brought up Bijan Robinson because Arthur Smith, remember their head coach, was in Tennessee with Derrick Henry. And, you know, there's a lot of comparisons in terms of being a workhorse and also adding to the receiving game. I would lean more towards the trenches. That's to me the biggest need for Atlanta. We know their offensive line has been a headache area and that's putting it politely and I mean headache for bad reasons, not good reasons like Paul (laughs) usually refers to headache players. So let me clarify that. And Remember, Paul's giving other people headaches. You're talking about giving yourself a headache. Right. Yes. Yes, exactly. So (laughs) that's why we try to clarify and we make things as crystal clear as possible on this program. As far as the defense is concerned, Atlanta was actually very active, guys, in free agency. They brought in David Anyamata. They brought in Bud Dupree. They brought in Caden Ellis from the Saints, who reunites with Ryan Nilsson 
on the defensive side of the ball and Calais Campbell. Now, a lot of those guys are veterans. They're not young guys. So you could argue they may need a boost there. Atlanta hasn't had a great track record on the offensive line. I'm not saying that that should shy away from the draft, but I would take a flyer with Jalen Carter here if I'm Atlanta because you need a guy that could be the staple on defense. You have to go way back the last time the Falcons have had that anchor. And I know they have Grady Jarrett, but can you imagine putting Grady Jarrett and Jalen Carter together? I mean, that's yeah. a nice duo that you could build around for years to come. Yeah, and remember – um, Arthur Smith was in Tennessee when they drafted Jeffrey Simmons with the first round pick at defensive tackle, yep. who's very disruptive. So, um, yeah, but basically, I was if you left Carter on the board, I was taking him for Chicago. Otherwise, I was going to take the best offensive lineman. That's kind of how I looked at this decision here at number nine for the Bears. I think that's what their thought process is. The Bears need to find out about Justin Fields this year, right? They need to figure it out because they got two ones next year. The Panthers won, they're one. And if Fields doesn't work out, they need to make a move on a quarterback next season. So they need to know about Fields. They need to help him. They've already made some moves to bring in, you know, some weapons and stuff like that to help. But I think they need to protect them a little bit better. They got good play out of a rookie fifth-round pick left tackle last year, but they need help on the right side. So I'm going to go Peter Skaronsky here. You can play him at guard. You can play him at tackle. I don't know how they want to move um, – their young right tackle, Tevin Jenkins. Do they like him at tackle? Do they like him at guard? Well, this gives you that flex to move him around if you want, right? So I'm going to go Peter Skoronsky. You go with the safe pick here. Guard, tackle, secure that pocket in front of Justin Fields so you can learn about your quarterback this year if you are the Chicago Bears. Paul, your favorite football team, the Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> at number 10. Time yeah, to make them even better in the NFC East. Go ahead. Yeah, you did this to me on purpose, John. I know somebody that has to get them right. I know, I know, and and you know, if I'm them, I'm I'm really I'm kind of toying with two spots here. I know one guy has the talent to be in this spot, and that's hey, going to be. I, I, I have a factoid for you. Do you want to hear my factoid before you pick? Go ahead, sure. Since Howie Roseman's in the general manager, the Eagles have used their first-round picks on only four different positions. Offensive line, defensive line, wide receiver, and I believe quarterback. Yeah, I know they've been they've been big in trenches here. That I that I knew. Um Bijan Robinson is worthy of this pick. Okay. And I think he's a great fit for Philly. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, didn't we have Robinson going to the Eagles the other day in our first draft? Yeah, I believe I got him at 30, though. I don't think I got him at 10. Right, right, right. Based on pure talent, and it's a great fit, he needs to go here. The problem is, I also think they could really use a safety. And I think that Brian Branch has first-round value. I don't think he's the number 10 best player in this draft. So the question becomes, if I'm that, Philadelphia, am I drafting talent, which is B. John Robinson, or am I drafting more for need, which I think the safety is a bigger need than a running back? Or do you draft a premium position? Do you go defensive line or offensive line? Well, I would have taken Jalen Carter if he was still on the board. I'm not going to lie. I think I, I don't think they need to take an offensive lineman here because there are a lot of offensive linemen who could help them later on. Sure. Even at the end of this first round. So I don't think I'm taking an offensive lineman. The only defensive lineman I would have taken would have been Jalen Carter if I'm Philadelphia. 
So I've narrowed it. I've narrowed it down to the safety and the running back. I'm going to take Bijan Robinson. I'm not going to fool around, and I'm taking. It's funny, you know. Those by the, are the way, two, Brian those... Branch went to the Eagles in our first mock draft. By the way, and, yeah, Branch and Bijan did both did. I I picked both those guys for Philadelphia. Believe it or not, in reverse. Yes, in reverse. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. No, this is yeah. No, I yes, it was reversed. It was reversed. That's correct. Yes, you got nothing it. wrong with that. No, nope. because you know what, those two players would make them very happy. All right, Tennessee Titans here at number eleven. They have been in the quarterback business. Um, they're looking to trade up in this draft. They did not. You know, maybe I would have made the move with Arizona with Tennessee, but you know what? They didn't have to. They got to sit tight here and wait for a quarterback to come to them. So I am going to take. Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida to the Titans. It's a good situation. You have Ryan Tannehill in place. Richardson's not have to play right away. You could put a package together for him, maybe give him a half year or there, maybe play him towards the end of the year if you think he's getting close. So I'm going to go Anthony Richardson here to the Tennessee Titans as they begin a slow retooling process down in Tennessee. And I would not be surprised if Derrick Henry gets moved on draft night, by the way. I think that's very possible. All right, Lance, you're up for the Texans with your second pick for them at number 12. It would also, real quickly, be interesting if Tennessee did take Anthony Richardson, considering, remember, they just took Malik Willis, and he had a lot of question marks as well. Different question marks maybe from Anthony Richardson, but to me, if you're Tennessee, you're going in the direction of another QB where the sample size, the competition, the completion percentage is very much on the fence here. Lance, have you ever heard of the phrase of throwing numbers at the problem? That's what I'm doing. <laughs> well, no, no. Listen, we've seen other teams do that. We've seen teams do that. I mean, look at Arizona. Now, granted, Arizona made a coaching change when they took Josh Rosen and Kyler Murray in consecutive years. But there are a lot of people believe, hey, the higher number of quarterbacks you take, the more likely you'll find the answer. Time will tell if Tennessee chooses to go in that direction. So I'm with the Texans again at number 12. Number two, I took C.J. Stroud. So I'm calling for a collegiate reunion here. I think they need to give their quarterbacks and playmakers. Now, in fairness, Houston was aggressive this offseason with respect to the wide receiver. Robert Woods and Noah Brown, they brought in. John Mechie third. hopefully now that he's overcome his health issues, he'll get on the field. But to me, the more the merrier. I bring in Jackson Smith and Jigba. I say C.J. Stroud, throw to the guy that you're used to doing that in college and and another prolific weapon in the passing attack. And they also traded away Brandon Cooks, too, right? So that's another right. um, situation yep. where they need a guy. I, it'll be interesting, though. This is D'Amico Ryans, a defensive coach with two top 12 picks and not picking one defensive player. So I just I, I think it's a good pick, Lance. I would have went the same direction if I were you. But I wonder if Ryans will want to get out of this first round without trying to improve that defense, which is, you know, I know he's the head coach, but let's be honest. He's going to want that defense to be better this year. Well, I mean, they have some pieces. I don't think overall they're a unit that's going to put fear in the rest of the league. But here's another thing to keep in mind. That division is very much wide open. Oh, Maybe yeah. his feeling is, hey, we come in, we dramatically, because they need to improve that offense too after what they went through last season. And he came from a Niners team where as good as their defense was, the offense was maybe one of the areas that at times held them back and mostly because of the health of the quarterback. But does he want to solidify that unit and say, hey, if we can get the offense scoring a little bit more consistently, we'll hide and cover up some of our defensive efficiencies. All right, Paul, you're on the board so, here so, for the Green I'm Bay I'm sorry, Bay. Lance, you mentioned the guy, and then you went into such a long explanation, I forgot the name. I took Jackson <laughs> Smith and Jigba at wide receiver oh, out of okay. Ohio State. JSN, yeah. gotcha. I had no interest My in dissertation him. distracted you is what you're saying. 
Well, yes, yes. Well, you know yes. why? Because I was already looking ahead to my pick with Green Bay. Paul, it's called mind games, okay? Uh, I'm I always know, looking I to know, throw my opposition off and get distracted. So mission yeah. accomplished there. Yes. Uh, very good job uh, doing that. Thank you. Uh, I'll pat myself on the back for that one. This is this is between Broderick Jones and uh, and Paris Johnson for me, and because uh, I'm definitely taking a tackle if I'm Green Bay, uh, I need to get I need to get Love some more protection, and I think I'm going to go with Johnson at tackle at number thirteen. No thought on picking a receiver or tight end there. Mm, I I got to keep my quarterback standing. Okay, I'm not. I'm not real happy with their offensive line right now. Lance, you're up for the Patriots at number 14. Well, I think they're going to continue to solidify a secondary that lost some players due to retirement and free agency. And I think New England will run up the card and grab Joey Porter Jr., cornerback out of Penn State. Okay. I think that or Deontay Banks would have been the pick there. I'm with you 100%. Jets at 15 say, woo, we just made it. There's one more left tackle left on the board that we could draft. They're going to take Broderick Jones, left tackle out of Georgia. Uh, I feel very certain the Jets are looking for an offensive lineman here. So this yep. does not surprise me. The same, I'm pretty sure the the commander is coming up next for you, Paul, are probably looking for a cornerback, but I wonder if you think the same. Yeah, I do, actually. And it, it's, it's going to totally break my heart when they take Deontay Banks, but that's what's going to happen. In this draft, there's no doubt in my mind that that's where he's going. Yep. I agree, and I think if Joey Porter Jr. was there, he would have been the pick, to be honest with you. I've heard from a couple people that... Um, that wouldn't Porter, surprise me either. That Porter Jr. is someone that that Washington really likes. All right, Lance, you're 17 with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you just saw corners and offensive tackles go, go off the board. Some Two positions where I think the Steelers had some needs. Yeah, specifically on the offensive line. I was actually eyeing Paris Johnson Jr. or Broderick Jones in this spot, but obviously... You guys spoiled that party. The Steelers, they need to protect their quarterback in Kenny Pickett. But here I get to the point of the draft where I feel like if the Steelers go after an offensive lineman, I think you're picking at that position just for the sake of picking at that position as opposed to maybe maximizing the value. So I'm going to go to the defensive side of the ball. And I really like Kalijah Kansi. And I think he's got Pittsburgh written all over him. I just think he's the type of player where you could put him inside and outside. He does the dirty work. You look at some of their veteran defensive linemen getting up there in age. I'm going with Cansey to the Steelers. Lance picking the undersized guy. I know we're all surprised. Um, well, <laughs> I understand the subtleties of that comment, but I'll let that slide as we move along here. In the hot track. <laughs> what did you think? That went over my head? Oh, how about that one? Oh, I, I, I'm here I, honestly, yes. I, I honestly didn't think it was all that subtle, but okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Um, <laughs> Lions at 18. Uh, I have the Lions. I picked their first selection. I got them uh, who they thought the best cornerback in the draft was in Devon Witherspoon. You know, I think they can go a couple different spots here, guys, to be honest with you. Um, they have their corner. I think they can always look to improve their defense. I do have a defensive player that's kind of sticking out like a sore thumb on my board right now that I think is probably the best player left available. Um, I also think they could use a tight end, and Dan Campbell, a former tight end, is their head coach. So I'm also looking at that as a possibility here for the Detroit Lions. But my feeling is that this player is going to go a lot earlier than people think, and I think he's a sore thumb. He's a top 10 player on my board. Um and I just think he's too good of a player for the Lions to pass up. 
And I think he personality wise fits exactly how they're trying to build that program. Much like Witherspoon did. I'm going to give the Lions Nolan Smith linebacker out of Georgia. I was also considering the two tight ends there. Those are kind of where I was at with that pick. All right, well, Paul, you're up with the Tampa Bay sure. Buccaneers. Yeah, you just made Tampa uh, uh, breathe a sigh of relief here, John. Uh, I wasn't sure for some reason if you were going to think about Branch, but he's dropped this far. He's probably valued somewhere in this vicinity anyway, and it just so happens that Tampa's got corners, but I'm not so sold on their safeties. So I think that Branch is a good fit for Tampa at 19. I think that's a good value pick there, Paul. I think it is. And Branch is my next defensive player on my board that I have. <laughs> I kind of thought he might have been when you said that earlier. He is, I, I, I've wound up with 20 first-round grades, and he is the last defensive player on my board with a first-round grade. All right, let's go over to Lance. The Seattle Seahawks, you selected Tyree Wilson with your first pick. Where are you looking here? Well, I know we brought up quarterback in the conversation, but, you know, once again, I think Geno Smith had a solid season. I think Geno can buy them a little bit more time. And I think a lot of these quarterbacks have question marks. I don't think anybody's coming in and is going to be a star, especially at this point immediately when we get to the draft. So if I'm Pete Carroll, I'm looking to give Geno Smith more talent. And they have two really dynamic wide receivers. Well, why not add a third and continue to take this offense to new heights for Geno Smith. I'm taking Zay Flowers, the wide receiver out of Boston College. You put him, guys, with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, two guys that have dealt with their fair share of bumps and bruises, and now you add that third weapon in Zay Flowers? You're going to tell me with Geno Smith's decision-making, that can all of a sudden put the Seahawks in a position to not just make noise, but maybe even be a team that could win that division, given we don't know what's going on with the San Francisco 49ers quarterback situation, given the injuries there. How tough was it picking between Flowers and Addison for you? Flowers, to me, is the more explosive guy that can take the top off the ball and can take a five-yard pass and turn it into a home run. So I did consider Addison, and I think Addison may be the more polished all-around receiver. I think Flowers has maybe a tad more upside because of his explosive playmaking ability. Fair enough. All right. I'm going to go now to the Los Angeles Chargers here. And I think they could look, they're in an arms race. If you want to beat the Kansas City Chiefs who are in their division, you got to score points and you have to score a lot of points. And I don't think, you know, you could stack your defense all you want. Patrick Mahomes is still going to put up 27 points on you. So you have to score. So I'm looking offense here for the Chargers. And I'm thinking wide receiver, but the highest ranked player on my board is at a position that will help them offensively and it'll help them in the passing game. I'm going to give them Dalton Kincaid tight end out of Utah as a dynamic threat in the middle of the field with the size, his ability to catch it and get up field. Uh, to me, this is a fairly easy selection based on who was left. I'm giving them Dalton Kincaid tight end out of Utah. Paul, you're up for the Ravens at 22. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you just said that uh, Seattle uh, was looking at Flowers and Addison, Lance. I've got to get a uh, a wide receiver here for Baltimore. They just signed Odell Beckham Jr. to try to enhance what is a very weak wide receiver room, in my opinion. Uh, Bateman is, you know, somebody who we've talked about when he came out of the draft, but he hasn't really given them everything they wanted. So I'm going to go with uh, 
I think they'll probably probably go with Quentin Johnson. Johnston. I think they want the height here instead of Addison. So I'm going to go Johnston to the Ravens. All right. Quentin Johnston to the Ravens. I had written down Jordan Addison, but you threw me for a loop there. Okay. I, I think I think they're going to want to add the size component. No, you know, ba- Bateman's got some size, but he hasn't really come through for them, John. Well, because he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Yeah. Right. And, and that's not good enough, is it? No, I'm with you. Lance, 23, Vikings. Remember, Kirk Cousins, last year of his deal. Yeah, I'm going back and forth here because I went through some of these different options in my simulation machine that I had last night that I tried to get through some calculations that maybe there is an opportunity to take a quarterback here. But I think Paul had the Vikings in our first mock draft. And listen, this is a team that just played the Giants. And if I think we saw anything, it was the Achilles heel, which was the defensive side of the ball. So, I mean, they need easily as much help on the defensive side of the ball as saying, hey, they need their quarterback of the future. The problem is, you know, the two of you took a lot of the premier corners off the board at this point. I just, I don't know if value matches up with need. So I'll go more leaning towards the upside and I'll give the Vikings Hendon hooker, even though I still think they need some massive help on the defensive side of the ball. Who would have been the corner you would have taken here, Lance Forbes? Forbes was the guy that I was considering. And listen, I wouldn't be surprised if we see five, six corners go off the board in the first round. But I do think we're at the point where maybe there's a little bit of a drop off at the cornerback position. Fair enough. All right. We got the Jacksonville Jaguars here at number 24. And, you know, they have a very good roster. So I think they have really, you know, a lot of freedom here to pick the guy they think is the best player. And I'm looking at three guys that kind of are sticking out on my board right now. And I'll name them just because we're going to go through this process. And I have two of the next, you know, three picks anyway. So I'm looking at Michael Mayer, tight end out of Notre Dame. Evan Ingram is has a one-year deal. You know, we don't know if they're going to be able to sign him long-term. I'm looking at Miles Murphy, defensive end at Clemson to help that pass rush along with Jonathan Allen. But they just drafted Trayvon Walker. So I don't know if you want to add another defensive in there. Then the other guy that's interesting is Darnell Wright. Look, they need to replace their right tackle, right? He left and went to the Kansas City Chiefs uh, to be the left tackle, Taylor. So they do need a right tackle, and I think Darnell Wright is darn close near to the one of the better players on my board. I think you want to protect Trevor Lawrence long term. I'm going to go Darnell Wright because he could slide right into right tackle for them where they have a need. They're going to take Darnell Wright, right tackle, Tennessee. But Mayer was definitely the other guy that I was considering there. But I went right instead, even though Mayer is a higher grade on my board. All right, Lance, 25 for the Giants. Let's kind of don't make the pick yet. Give me your thoughts, and then Paul and I, we can kind of go back and forth and have a debate here. You're up, Lance. Well, my thoughts are I think there's two positions that the Giants could go after. Number one is wide receiver. And number two is edge rusher or defensive lineman who has versatility to be inside, outside. Those are the two positions that I'm eyeing here based on my board and based on also need for the Giants. So I do think they have some options, and that's where my thought process is right now. 
Yeah, I think you kind of hit it. I'll, you know, I know they don't have a need at tight end, but I think Michael Mayer would be one of the better graded players in their board. I think Jordan Addison's the wide receiver, and I think you're talking about Lucas Van Ness, right? And I think, you know, he's a guy that I think would fit Wink's defense better than Miles Murphy. So I know I talked about Murphy for the Jaguars. You know, they run a four-three uh, scheme. I think Van Ness would be the better fit and one that would be more attractive for the Giants. They're literally right next to each other on my board. So that's kind of a fit thing that would kind of flip one over the other um, in, in terms of those two players. I have Addison and Mayer higher on my board than Van Ness. I know a lot of other people really like Van Ness as like a top 15 guy. I don't, but I, you know, that would be consideration here. Not for me personally. And for me, I think my needed wide receiver is higher. Uh, Mayer is five spots. Mayer's my 16th player. Addison's my 21st. So I, you know, but they're not far off. I would pick Addison here. I think if I had this pick. Yeah, that's, that's probably what I would do Lance, to be honest with you. I'd give miles Murphy heavy consideration myself. Uh, but other than that, I'm not really that much attracted to anybody else. And I'm not saying that there aren't guys worth the value at this pick right now. Cause I do think there are some guys worth the value, but I'm not just, I'm not really liking the fit too much. So I'm 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 going to go with Addison here if I were making you making your pick. Oh, right, Van Ness Lance, and up. Addison, those were the two guys that I had at this point in the draft that I thought a could be available and I think would fill the void for the Giants, depending on which direction they want to go. You know, the criticism for Addison is, and I'm surprised Paul you didn't mention this, is the lack of size, maybe, which I know we've been talking about all offseason that maybe yeah. they go after a taller guy. I'm not, not so not caught even up height, in that. Lance, it's, it's almost his weight that's a bigger problem than his sure. height, right? He was only yeah, one seven. Well, but he, his I mean, weight, he's his weight's too, a little so. down for me. I, I, if I yeah. got him in here, I'd want to put ten pounds on. And that makes sense. But I'm more of the thought process. I think Brian Dable and Mike Kafka. It's playmakers. It's not versatility and size. Meaning, if you bring a, a guy, you're gonna, right? You're going to find a way to get him open, scheme accordingly, and get him involved in the offense. So I'm going to go Addison. Over Van Ness, I think you can easily make an argument for both. I like personally Van Ness because I like guys that have the potential to go inside, outside. I think he showed the sack production in his last two years. But let's face it, they need to add more offensive weaponry. And what did I talk about all offseason? Sterling Shepard with his injuries, Wondell Robinson. It's not like there wouldn't be room for Addison to get on the field and flourish, even though there may be a duplication in terms of size. So Jordan Addison, the wide receiver out of USC to the Giants at 25. Yeah, and I'll just add this too. I think what the Giants need is a versatile route runner that can win on all three levels of the field. And I think Jordan Addison showed in Pittsburgh and in USC that he can do that. He's probably the best nuanced route runner in the draft. I think he'll give no Daniel doubt. Jones someone that can get open consistently, which is exactly what this coaching staff is looking for. Uh, so I'm with you. I, I think Addison is, is is the fairly easy selection. I think the Giants would be very happy if they had a chance to pick him at number 25. Paul, anything else to add? No, I, I and and that's the thing. You you guys know me. I would absolutely like to have a little more beef on his bones. I think he can add some strength to it. Other than that, everything else that he does, he does at an extremely high level, especially his route running. And he's played in a big market at USC. God knows. All right, so, I'll, ask, I'll ask both you guys this question. If Quentin Johnston was on the board, which one who would you pick, Johnston or Addison? I would take Addison because, once again, 
I'm not getting too caught up in the size. And I think Addison may be the most polished route runner in this year's draft class when you're looking at the wide receivers. And I think the coaching staff could do more with that than perhaps the upside with Johnston's size. Paul? Yeah, and, and I agree with that, despite the fact that I usually like the larger frame Spider-Man and skyscrapers. Johnston does have a little bit of a problem with some dropsies. Addison's got great flypaper hands. And if there's one thing that will really drive a coach crazy, it's going to be some dropsies. So Johnston's got to clean that up. He's also, to be honest with you, John, uh, for his size, he's easy for guys to press coverage against. He doesn't get off press coverage quite as well as I would like. He's got a little bit of work to do. Now, don't get me wrong. If Johnston was there and the Giants wound up with him, I'd still be very happy. But if you're going to make my selection here uh, between him and Addison, I still think Addison is my favorite receiver in the draft. Yeah, I think Addison's a better player now. I think Johnston, if you look at the ceiling, is probably higher. If he can, again, solve the drop problem, Paul, to your point, become more nuanced in his releases to get off press and have a larger route tree. You know, uh, yeah, he's going John to need a little polish. He's going to need some work. Right. He needs some polish. But I think if you do like if the Giants are in this situation, they pick Johnson over Addison. I think, all right, well, they trust that Mike Grow, who's done a great job with the receivers last right. year. Right. Can get his hands on right. Addison on uh, Johnson, rather mold him and turn him into that star, given all of his traits. So I, I think it's a no lose either way. Yeah. If the Giants get either one of those guys, I think over the course of time, they'll be thrilled with either one. I agree. I do have Flowers rated as the, uh, at least the way I look at it, I have him rated as the better player. But I have them both in the same tier of wide receivers. You know what I mean? So there's not that much distance between them per se. All right. So this made it really easy on me for the Cowboys. I know they always like to add pass rushers. Demarcus Lawrence is getting older. You know, Miles Murphy, I think, would be a really good fit for them. But they just lost Dalton Schultz in the offseason. My comp this year for Michael Mayer has been Jason Witten. So why wouldn't the Cowboys want the next Jason Witten? So I'm going to give them Michael Mayer here at 26. And then I'm picking again at 27 with the Buffalo Bills. Um, you guys have any thoughts on Mayer before I head over to Buffalo? Mayer is definitely higher than a top 26 player, pure talent on this, on this draft board. Yep. There's no doubt in my mind he's better than the 26th most talented player. And if Dallas gets him, I will probably become very nauseous because I don't need to see a Cowboys tight end shred the Giants for the next 10 years. It makes sense because, once again, they lost Dalton Schultz. I think it fills a need, and I think Michael Mayer is – we were talking about Jordan Addison being a polished wide receiver. Michael Mayer is a polished tight end. And if you're Mike McCarthy, I think you want somebody to come in that is not a liability – in one of the facets in which you keep him on the field, such as blocking. And, oh, by the way, yeah, what about when he blocks on the edge for Tony Pollard? If Pollard does wind up coming back yep. to full strength, with his kind of quicks and speed and angles and the way he can juke, you get Mayer helping out off that edge, that's really going to help their run game, never mind all the passes he catches. All right, sure. you you guys just bought me some time. I appreciate that because I did You're not welcome. know what to. I did not know what to do with the <laughs> well, Buffalo Bills. That was why he asked the question, Paul. Yeah. You see, he asked us for our feedback on. Yes, he did. He was, yes, he did. He was perusing his screen and thinking about what <laughs> I should give knew, Buffalo, and he knew yeah. that my disgust would last at least right. fifty seconds. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. You took the bait and ran with it. It checked. It checked all the boxes for me. It was perfect. I get um, it. I get it. 
All right, so the Bills here, I, I, I'm I'm still on my you know same theory that I had when I selected Dalton Kincaid for the Chargers, right? Who are the Bills competing with? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Yeah, they're competing with you know uh, the, the Patriots and the Dolphins. But in the end, in the playoffs, they're going to have to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And they're going to have to score points to do it. And what happened last year, the Bills did not score enough points in the playoffs when they got there. So you want to give Josh Allen a weapon here. Here's the problem. All my top wide receivers are gone. I really like Josh Downs personally. And the Bills do actually have a need, I think, for a slot wide receiver. And it would fit nicely next to Gabriel Davis and Stephon Diggs. But I think it's a little rich for Josh Downs here. Could they use a deep threat in Jalen Hyatt with some speed? Yes. I don't think he's the best player available here. I think the best player is a defensive player, but I don't want to do that. Um, do I consider a tight end for them? You know, Sam Laporter and Luke Musgrave, they're both, you know, dynamic players, but they just kind of paid Dawson Knox, so I don't think they're going to go there. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give them Jameer Gibbs, running back out of Alabama, because he's an excellent receiver. So this is not for him running the ball. I think they're going to use Gibbs a lot as a slot along with the running back to take some of the pressure off of Josh Allen. That's something that their head coach uh, McDermott talked about this offseason to try to take a little bit off of him as a runner. So I'm going to give them Jameer Gibbs as a receiver and a running back to quote Lance, an offensive weapon to kind of help them compete with the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's uh, two running backs going in the first round. And boy, that would surprise a lot of people. Yeah, and I have heard that there are some teams out there that like Gibbs almost as much as they like Bijan. So we'll see. Hmm. And he certainly has the speed. Um, Paul, you're up with the Bengals here at 28. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to give Joe Burrow a birthday present, and I have absolutely no idea when his birthday is. But I'm going to give him one anyway. We're going to wrap up Darnell Washington for him. Six foot six tight end. That's a lot of wrapping every, paper, Paul. Every, it sure is. Every quarterback loves a tight end who has size and length. He is the biggest, longest, bulkiest frame tight end in this draft. And he is going to be a guy who's going to really help out Joe Burrow in short and medium range passes. Joe Burrow's birthday's in December, Paul, by the way, in case you were very much so, interested. So, so you know what? He's going to have to unwrap this guy a little bit early. <laughs> the holiday season is coming up earlier in the calendar. There you go. All right, Lance, you're up for the Saints here at 29. Remember, the Bengals did bring in Orlando Brown Jr. this offseason from the Kansas City Chiefs to help Joe Burrow and protect him specifically at the tackle position. With the Saints, I referenced this earlier, Atlanta took a lot of their defensive weaponry. And you know New Orleans has come a long way since Drew Brees had to go offensive clinic after offensive clinic. And I'm going to go with the other player that I thought the Giants would heavily consider at 25. I like Lucas Van Ness for the Saints. His ability to play inside out fits, I think, very well with the New Orleans scheme. They've got Cam Jordan. I think he'd be a great complimentary piece right there. And, Paul, I can't believe this guy dropped to the Eagles. Just just pick him and give him another pass rusher. Be done with it. Yeah. Miles Murphy's going to the Eagles. <laughs> It's unbelievable. It always yeah, works out for it. Philadelphia in these drafts. It's crazy. It's sick, isn't it? 
It's absolutely sick. I, I suppose if they wanted to, they could they could probably think about Will McDonald too. But I would I think Murphy is going to be the pick there. Yeah, they already if, have an undersized guy in, in Reddick, right? So I think McDonald kind of, you know, is similar to him, right? Size wise. I, I would I would choose Murphy for that reason. Yeah. yeah, I agree. All right. Uh final pick. Chiefs. What do they want a wide receiver? Speed. Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver, Tennessee. Uh, they want someone that can go over the top to help support um Travis Kelsey in the middle of the field, support Valdez Scantling, who's also a speed guy, but the Chiefs like speed. They have two guys that can work underneath in Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore, but they want a guy that can win consistently outside over the top. So I'm going to get them Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver out of, out of uh, Tennessee. Though I did consider a pass rusher here like Will McDonald. Spags does need another guy up front, um, but I do think offense wins out there. So I'm going to give them Jalen Hyatt. All right, that's our draft, folks. I'm going to run down the names very quickly for you, and then we'll talk about who's left and how everything worked out for the Giants, et cetera, et cetera. All right, here we go. Bryce Young, Panthers, Texans, C.J. Stroud, Cardinals, Will Anderson, Indianapolis Colts, quarterback, Will Levis, Seahawks, defensive end, Tyree Wilson, Lions, cornerback, Devon Witherspoon, Raiders, cornerback, Christian Gonzalez, Falcons, Georgia defensive tackle, Jalen Carter, Bears, offensive lineman, Peter Skaronsky, 10, the Eagles, running back, Bijan Robinson, 11, Tennessee, quarterback, Anthony Richardson, 12, the Texans, wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba. 13, the Packers, offensive tackle Paris Johnson. 14, the Patriots, cornerback Joey Porter Jr. 15, the Jets, offensive tackle Broderick Jones. Washington Commanders at 16, cornerback Deontay Banks. Steelers at 17, defensive tackle Kalijah Kansi. Lions at 18, linebacker slash edge rusher Nolan Smith. 19, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, safety Brian Branch. 20, Seattle Seahawks, wide receiver Zay Flowers. 21, Los Angeles Chargers, tight end Dalton Kincaid. 22, Baltimore Ravens, wide receiver Quentin Johnston. 23, the Vikings, quarterback Hendon Hooker. 24, Jacksonville Jaguars, offensive tackle Darnell Wright. Giants at 25, USC wide receiver Jordan Addison. Dak Cowboys, 26, tight end Michael Mayer. Buffalo Bills at 27, running back Jameer Gibbs. Cincinnati Bengals, 28, tight end Darnell Washington. Saints, 29, pass rusher Lucas Van S. 30, Philadelphia Eagles, defensive end Miles Murphy. And then the Chiefs round out the first round with wide receiver Jalen Hyatt. All right, for both of you guys, who are the best players left on your board here at the start of round two? Paul, why don't you start? Yeah, I I, I think Will McDonald is probably the best, uh, most obvious first round snub for me here, given the fact that edge rushers are always thought of as such a, a high profile pick. I'm not sure that he is one of the top 31 players in the draft necessarily. I think he's probably close to it, but the bottom line is he did not make it in the first round in our mock. So I think he's the one that would be sticking out for me. He is also my highest rated player left on the board, Paul. My second highest rated player would be Emmanuel Forbes, the cornerback. Um, would be my second guy. And then I have my two tight ends, Sam Laporter and Luke Musgrave, who I kind of have really back-to-back. -back. Um, those would be the highest-graded players I have left, Lance. How about you? Well, Drew Sanders, linebacker out of Arkansas, yeah. I think is another name worthy of throwing out. Uh, B.J. Ojolari, Aziz's brother, maybe borderline first, second round. I would consider him edge rusher out of LSU. And 
right behind Forbes. Keely Ringo, the cornerback out of Georgia, is another one. You know, once again, I, we're getting on the fringe of the first and the second round. And one other guy that I'll throw out that, you know, maybe could sneak into the first round is Osiris Torrance, offensive lineman out of Florida. I mean, that is a big man, and that is a man that I think would be very attractive for any team that needs offensive line help. So those are a few names that, I think are at least in the conversation. Yeah, another name I've been hearing that could sneak into the first round here, guys, is Steve Avila. You know, he has the guard center flex. He started a ton of games. He's big. That's another guy I've heard, Paul, that that could sneak into that back end of that first round when all is said and done, just because he's a you safe know, player. If Murphy had not dropped to the Eagles, I'll be honest with you. I'm not so sure that they might, they might have taken a dive at either Tipman or Michael Schmitz. At that, at that spot, all the way down at number 30, I'm not so sure. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know, if Murphy was not sticking out like a sore thumb, I was seriously considering one of the centers for them. Interesting. I really was. Yeah. And 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 to be honest, uh, Michael Schmitz is more like Kelsey than Tipman is. You know, I'll throw and, Kelsey, Brian, and I'll throw Brian Brze in there, too, another guy, Paul, that was not taken that yep. could have been. So anyway, that 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 would be the other thought that I would have thrown into uh, to the first round there. And I'm not necessarily saying that either one of those centers belongs there totally on value. But again, we've talked about the Eagles. They love the trenches. That offensive line has been a staple of why they have dominated, you know, the last few years. Uh, yeah, I think Michael Schmitz or Tipman might have might have been a consideration there. Remember, they also drafted well, Cam Jurgens last year to play center, too. So I'm not sure. Do you think they would double up there? I I would not shock me. Would not shock me. Yeah, I mean, they could, yeah, always, I was, they could always draft Osiris Torrens and just plug him in for Sayamalu, too. Right, Lance? Yeah, I was going to get in that direction. I was also going to bring up Jurgens. So, you know, I'm not so sure that they would go for the conventional center. But I could see, Paul, at some point in the draft, them absolutely targeting center. Because remember, I look at friends. Howie Roseman. He's taken offensive lineman, but he hasn't taken a center during his lengthy tenure. He hasn't. And, and that's the argument for Tipman, because Tipman has some guard versatility Michael Schmitz does not. And they like their interchangeable offensive linemen because yeah. they're not thinking about this year. They're thinking about, well, maybe a hole will open up a year from now that we could plug that individual in, such as a Jurgens, for example. Just looking at how this went, guys, I think Paris Johnson will probably go higher than he did at 13. My guess is that he's not going to get out of the top 10. Um, that's the only thing I think was really unrealistic. I think, you know, we actually got pretty good landing spots for most of these guys. At any, Maybe Mayer dropped a little bit further than I thought he would, but it's a tight end, so I guess maybe that shouldn't be too big of a surprise. Were there any other big surprises for you guys as we went through this exercise? Big surprise. Usually there's wow. one or two big sore thumbs, but I don't see one in this one, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I you know, John, I think both last week and this week, our mock drafts, probably this is the, the smoothest year I think that we've ever had collectively as a group in picking picking the first round. Uh, usually there are a few that I think we, we all want to question each other on. Yeah. We always used to rag on Fiegels for a few of his picks, <laughs> you know, but, but I, I honestly, these two drafts that we just completed have a lot of logic behind them. 
Yeah, I don't see any surprises at all. I think it's just a matter of one of the guys that we selected, does he wind up going higher than perhaps we had him? And, you know, one of the other examples could be Bijan Robinson, who I think is really the wild card to this draft because as much upside, guys, as he has, it's the old question, the old situation that every team faces about whether or not you should take a running back, regardless of whether or not you think they're a weapon. And does he go higher because a team says he's an absolute weapon, will take full advantage of his skill set, or they say, I'm staying away from running back, and then Robinson winds up dropping, and then that's going to open the door for somebody else to slide in. That, to me, is the million-dollar question. I think it's Robinson maybe more so than any other player right now. Yeah, and the way this draft kind of went, as I look at it a little closer, guys, we kind of pushed edge rushers down a little bit, right? After Wilson and Anderson went, the next edge rusher didn't go off the board until Nolan Smith at 18, and he's almost more of a linebacker than an edge rusher. Right. Then we didn't have the next guy after that go off until Lucas Van Ness at 29. So I think Van Ness and Murphy, one of those two, will probably go inside the top 20. You know, Van Ness has been mentioned by the, you know, with, with the Eagles at 10. So I think that's kind of the ceiling for him, and that would not completely blow me away. Uh, I think that's probably the ceiling also for Nolan Smith, 10. So I think we, maybe we weren't quite as high on the edge rushers as maybe – you know, we might see them go off the board on, on draft night. You know, John, the only thing I would like to add is that I'm I'm glad that uh, upstairs Joe Shane does not have all these papers to go through or magnets to go through. And now he has a digital draft board that he can just pop buttons up on a screen and get everything that he wants. <laughs> I would get you a digital nice draft board, Paul, but I don't think you'd be able to figure out how to use it. <laughs> Good point, John. Those poor IT guys that would have to sit next to Paul throughout the entire <laughs> draft so that he'd know which buttons to press. See, something tells me Shane, he already got a tutorial over the last few weeks, so I don't think somebody's going to hold his hand. But if Paul was in that position, they'd have to have at least three guys because, remember, you have to account for bathroom breaks, and you can't have somebody run out when the Giants are on the clock or they're trying to move up. So you'd have to have at least three interchangeable individuals from the IT oh, department man. holding Paul's hand. Just a reminder, yeah. folks, make sure you go check out all our coverage of the draft. I mentioned it already. Um, Giant Subtle Podcast. Go check out our previous episodes. We have some great uh, scouts on, uh, David Severton from Our Lads. We have our offensive line episodes that up. That's up with Sean O'Hara and Brandon Thorne. We dip into the, deep into the interior offensive line prospects. Uh, TJ McCrate from last year, from the 33rd team, former player personnel uh, executive in the league for more than 20 years, most recently with the Eagles. We do have a great conversation with him about undersized wide receivers. He was with the Eagles when they drafted Devonta Smith. Great conversation there, and keep going back. Draft season has a couple episodes this week. Tony Pauline and I, we uh, answer the big questions about the draft that's up there now, and then uh, going up, might be up there when you listen to this, or it will be up shortly. Tony and I will have our final mock draft. Tony makes the picks. I'm going to kind of be his college scouting director, and we're going to kind of work together uh, to try to figure out what all 31 teams are going to do. Uh, so make sure you go check that out, and of course, Big Blue Kickoff Live as well. You can find all of our podcasts on the Giants mobile app at giants.com slash podcast, or just search for any one of our podcasts, Big Blue Kickoff Live, the Giants Huddle, or Draft Season, on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star posi five positive review for any and all of our podcasts. It helps our visibility and does us an awful lot of good. For Paul Dottino and, and Lance Meadow, I am John Schmelk. Thank you for being with us throughout all our draft coverage. We are live Thursday night, Friday night, and then at some point on Saturday as well as we talk about 
what the Giants do in the NFL draft after they make their selections. Make sure you tune in. We'll see you then. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.